0: Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Mammoth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org/slash
1: mammoth. Let's be healthy together.
2: You're listening to Hawk Talk, the official podcast of Monmouth
1: University Athletics. And here are your hosts, Greg Viscomi and Gary Cowall.
0: Well, here we are. Gary, episode number 40. Milestone. Milestone. Uh, i still going strong. Uh, every time I hear uh, Eddie do the voiceover of the RWJ, it's like a nice little like, I don't want to say like memorial. He's not
1: dead. But even though he's not dead, award. Yeah, the, yeah,
0: it's it's like the even though he's not dead award, but anyway, great great to hear his voice, uh, great to see him, and you obviously Eddie has been doing a ton of games for us. Uh, he was out of Drexel with us uh, in the men's basketball team a couple of days ago. Um, he has got a couple of games coming up, I believe uh, next week, or maybe not next week, but he's got a couple of games coming up. Um, but that is like besides the point. Uh, I'm excited about today's guest. A uh, former Monmouth football player, and this is actually, this guess was your idea. Yeah. Uh, we we were brainstorming and kicking around. Right now, only men's and women's basketball are on campus, and they're pretty busy. So we said, "All right, let's let's go get an alum." And we like to feature our alums. You know, we're big on outcomes here at Monmouth University, and uh, what better outcome than than to show uh, one of our alums that's having a ton of success, and uh, and and a good story too, right? Like,
1: yeah, yeah, no, we talk about outcomes, and we talk about. Guys who were at Monmouth who have done things after Monmouth. We talked to Andy Myers, who's running a super successful business. Um, and and the person we're going to bring in today is, is having success uh, in sports, but not necessarily in the sport that he, uh, that he played.
0: Yeah, which is awesome. And it's a sport that I know like little to nothing about. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So today's guest is um, former Monmouth football player Sean Clark. And Sean, uh, calling all the way from Denver on his day off. And I really appreciate that, man. Uh, welcome to the show.
2: Appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to be here and talk to you guys about this.
0: Yeah. I mean, we um, obviously keep track on uh, on social media back and forth. You know, watching you go from different leagues and tryouts and teams, and I don't know what any of it means, but we're going to get into it for sure. Um, so you, you leave Monmouth in, I guess, what was, what was it, 2020 was your last semester? Yeah,
2: 2019, that fall there.
0: Oh, the fall. That, that's right. You were a, a fifth-year,
2: half-year guy.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. So you, you leave Monmouth and you win a championship and uh, a first-round game, and we play in a second round. So that's that's a pretty good way to go out on top.
2: Like, I couldn't have honestly ask for a, a better way to go out. <laughs> I mean, considering, you know, how we came in, uh, especially with my class, not winning a, a single game that first year in the big south uh a championship five years later like it was no i mean you couldn't scripted that any better
0: yeah and it's funny because like 2019 because of the pandemic seems like it's so long ago but i but i can still keep it i mean listen it's not that long ago three years ago i keep in touch with a ton of those guys and uh sometimes i sit back and like i think about how special that team was and some of the players who are on that team like so you, you, do you keep in touch with, with the guys even, you know, it was just three years ago, but um, are you still in touch with all those guys?
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, me and Kenji, first of all, like that's my guy. So we, we talk still, you know, all, very, very often. But even even just the whole Monmouth program, you know, I keep in touch with some of the older guys, you know, guys ahead of me, Ryan Shore, Jake Powell, um, you know, Matt Castanova, just, you know, all the guys and even even some of the current players, um, you know, like Asante and, you know, those guys. So i definitely like to, to stay around and stay in close to the guys in the program.
0: Well, we, that's one of the things I think that makes Monmouth football pretty special is that it is a family. Like, people put that up all the time, but it is. You know, our coaches stay a long time. Uh, our, our alums are always welcome back. We love when they get involved on the sidelines. Maybe not too involved on the sidelines when they come back, but um, – which we've seen over the years a few times. We won't times. mention any names. Yeah, we won't mention any names of people that you might have just mentioned. Um, but uh, but that's the thing. Like we love having these guys back, and and everybody is just part of a building block. And uh, y- you saw being in the Big South and um, going out with that first Big South championship, and that's like another piece of the of, of a building block. Like that's another piece of the next step, and. Uh, What did you think when you heard the news that, you know, Monmouth was going into the Colonial Athletic Association?
2: I mean, first and foremost, I mean, being an alumni alumni and just seeing how far the program has been, just like you said, it's such a family atmosphere that all the alumni are so close and so close to the program. Um, So it was exciting. First, first of all, Um, I think that makes the most sense in terms of, you know, geographical location and just being able to play at a higher, higher level. You know, so I think it was very exciting, but just also to see the progress in, you know, five to six years, like that's how, how fast things have have turned to mammoth and and grown. So it's just overall, it's just so exciting, man, especially being an alumni, having gone through there and and been around a lot of those coaches and players.
1: Sean, you you, you talk about uh, uh, the family atmosphere and the connections you've made. Um, Are you still able? I know you're, you're in a different time zone. You're out in Denver, but, you're still able to uh, to keep up with the program week by week during the season, and watch the games, and and you know tune in on social media and all those kind of things.
2: Absolutely, man! I d- downloaded the the Flow Sports just to be able to watch this, the games this year for the boys. Um, and uh, also, I mean, Coach Coach Jeff Gallo. Like that's, I don't know if I'm closer to anybody you know outside of my immediate family than that guy. So, you know, I talk to him on a regular basis as well. He'll call me. Um, and like you said, you talk about family, like Coach Callahan and Coach Gallo were two of the best people to have walked in my life. And, you know, that came from me being at Monmouth and, and taking the opportunity there.
0: So so I had written down a couple of things that we wanted to chat about, and obviously uh, one of them I do want to get to, and you've already mentioned it, so let's just take off from there, is Coach Gallo. Uh, it's not. Yeah. I don't think it's often that you – Find an offensive coordinator who works with the tight ends. Like usually at our level, an offense coordinator is working with uh, quarterbacks or sometimes the O line, sometimes the wide receivers. But really, quarterbacks, O line, and then at the, obviously at the next level, um, and and some schools at the FCS level, the the OC doesn't even coach a, um, a position. But Gallo is a guy you know played here for five four years, uh, was here for five years in the trenches. As an O-lineman, we've got the pictures of him with the, with, uh, the shoulder pads that are about the size yep. of a, a futon. Yep. <laughs> I think he slid a neck roll under there. He wasn't a cowboy collar guy, but he had the neck roll. Uh, and now he's out there wor- working the tight ends. What, what is it like to, to have the OC be your position coach?
2: That's an interesting question. Um, I feel like just being in his room for you know five straight years, you know, he already brings such a great energy and, and demeanor. And if you guys all know Gallo, like he has such a great personality, um, but he expects so much. So him going to, from, you know, just being a tight ends coach to our OC as well and doing both, like it didn't feel any different. You know, if anything, it felt like he cared even more. And if that's even possible. Um, and so it also elevated our room because, you know, Gallo has so much you know pressure on him to help the team perform and, and put us in a, a position to succeed. But then we also don't want to let him down because we respected him so much and, and as, as that whole tight end group always has. Um, so I think it was more or less that we were just so excited for him and, and to be able to actually, you know, have our, our, uh, coach, our position coach calling their plays. And I think it was more of a sense of pride than anything. Sure. And happiness.
0: So right now, we, we, you are in my mind, and I'll probably get yelled at by somebody, but, in my mind, you're our last troop, like, pass-catching tight end. You know, we had J-Mark, and we have Jack Neary, and those guys can catch passes, but... Mean Gene. Oh, yeah, we had Mean Gene. He, I mean, he fancied himself as as a uh, pass-catching tight end, but he's really out there to maul people, and he catch a couple of passes. But, like, going down the seam, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I know... I'm out at practice. I know that if you don't block, and if you don't do a good job blocking... You could forget about getting a ball thrown at you. Well, it, when you came in here and you were a quarterback in high school, and we've in, we've seen that conversion a lot, the quarterback to tight end, how hard was it for you to learn how to be an effective blocker, and, and how quickly did you find out that if you're not blocking, you're not getting in, into into the game?
2: Yeah, that's two, two good questions. I mean, I think having played quarterback in high school and just having a little more understanding of the game and, and roles of, of positions than – most other players, you know, and at that level, Mm -hmm. um, definitely helped me in my transition, but still getting to college, having to learn that playbook. Um, and especially the way Monmouth uses our tight ends, we're such a dual threat type of guys. Like you have to be able to do everything. Um, and that's something Gallo expects. So, I mean, it was definitely a little bit difficult to that first year for probably first two years, really, if I'm being honest to, to really feel like I was a true tight end, like that was my, you know, I accepted where I was. Um, so I would say the transition wasn't wasn't really that crazy, but it definitely had its its, its challenges along the way. When you um, you Sorry, go ahead. No, you you're good.
1: Uh, I'm curious when you know you're making this transition to tight end, but we're also, you know, you you just got here at a point where we're joined the Big South. Um mm-hmm. the program's kind of in a transition phase. Um could you kind of sense that that was going on, and that you were with a group that was kind of building to a, a point where you make the playoffs in twenty seventeen? We built a new stadium that year. Um, you know, could you kind of sense that you were in a, a program that was taking a step up and and really building right in front of right in front of you
2: while you were here? One hundred percent. I think honestly, my first feeling of that was on my official visit. Um, just the way Coach Callahan approached. Um, all of us players and, and really it was, it was obviously he's there, he cares about us and, you know, he's excited to have us there, but it was very much so, you know, this is what we want to do. This is where we're trying to bring our program and elevate us to, you know, with the stadium that was, they were showing us, you know, that was, that we now have the new Kessler stadium. Um, so there was already signs in, of growth before we even stepped on campus in the direction of where the program wanted to go. Um, so over the, you know, just seeing over the last couple of years, it, it continued to grow. Like, I don't think it was necessarily surprising because, yeah, while we were there, yes, we did absolutely feel the growth. But, I mean, after the second year, 2017, or 2016 really, when we started winning some games, and then 2017, it was like, okay, like that summer going into that season, we're like, we, we really can do this. Like we have a special group and that's something that we believe in. I mean, not necessarily playoff sound I, I don't know, but – to be there and be a legitimate contender was, was absolutely a goal. And, and, and I think that's what we worked for that whole season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and even in 18, going 8 and 3, and, and honestly, probably if you win that Princeton game or if you keep maybe that Princeton game a little bit closer, you're going to the playoffs again. And then you make it three straight, which obviously Monmouth has not, you know, has never done. We've done it back to back years now in 19 and 20 and then uh, 21, you know. Just you know, had a had a couple of bad games that kind of kept us out, and we came down to the Kennesaw game once again. Uh, mm-hmm. And so, there's a couple specific games I want to talk about with you. But I like, we'll throw it up to you first. What what is one game that's like completely memorable to you? That like when you look back on your you know time here at Monmouth, it was your your favorite experience or your best experience, your best memory.
2: I'm honestly have to say. Um, when we beat Kennesaw to uh, when they were number four in the country, I think that was uh, was that twenty was that twenty nineteen yeah twenty nineteen down there, yeah. And I don't even think I had like any a crazy game in terms of stats wise, um, but just that whole the whole atmosphere of that game, how the how the boys responded to the environment, and just like that game, and then the after celebration, like the chills. I, I still get the chills thinking about that game <laughs> and our fans, our travel. Like that was probably one of if not the best uh, moments in my sporting career, still to this day. I,
1: I, we talk about it all the time here. Um, you know, we run through like the best moments and best games we've we've worked or we've been at. And um, you know, Eddie, who who used to co-host this podcast, would probably agree with me. But um, I don't think you could describe. And obviously, I'm not a player. Uh, I never played football. But I don't think you could describe to somebody who wasn't on the sidelines or wasn't at the stadium that day what it was like. Um, just the build-up, right? We lost to them in mm-hmm. 17. We lost to them in, in 18. And now you have a championship on the line again. And not only beating them, but the way we won that game was, you know, Kenji had a long touchdown run. Treadway had a long touchdown. Time here with the pick six. We dominated them. You know, we dominated I mean, By it half time, them. By halftime, they were out time. of the stadium. Um, yeah. Just, I think, the sense of relief of, like, all right, we got them. Like, right. we, we finally... We, we climbed the mountain. we beat Kennesaw. Kind of they were fourth in the country. Like, I've been on a lot of football sidelines in my 10 years here. I've, I've shot a lot of video on the sidelines. Nothing has ever been close to the sideline that day down in, in Atlanta. Never. I think you, you probably, know, probably I, echo that.
2: Yeah, it's like, you know, if you want to take moments that were true turning points, I think, it, over the to- course of Mamas football, like that has to be, one of them, you know, it's like we caught, we got over that hump that basically everything that we've been talking about and working so hard for and believed in, like we proved to ourselves that we could do it, and then that we can continue to grow and the program's only elevated even further from that. Like, so I think that you know, just in the history of Mama football, that has to be up there as one of the greatest moments, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what a, what an awesome rivalry that became, you know, for for five straight years from seventeen until twenty one. I guess that's four straight years. Whatever, for four or <laughs> five straight years. Um, no, that was five. The whoever won that game won the Big South. Yeah. like that's a rivalry. Mm-hmm. You know, when we got into the CAA, you know, we we're having meetings and they're like, okay, we want to kind of, in quotes, preserve rivalries. And they're like, well, who, who are your rivals? And we say, like, well, we don't really have one. Like we've played Albany a bunch in a lot of good games, a lot of close games. Like I guess that's the closest thing we have. You know, Stony Brook is pretty close. Uh, Yeah. You you know, I guess we can kind of do that. But we're like rivalries happen on the field. You know, Uh, you know, Villanova, we've we're two and oh against now, which is an awesome, crazy stat. Right. You know, I don't know. I'm sure the next time we play them, they they're going to they know that and, and they that that might turn into a rivalry you know i we're we're 0 and 2 against delaware i don't know if you can call that a rivalry you know even Towson, we had an awesome game with them last year they ended up winning just by scoring late uh but we're 1 and 7 all time against them like i don't know if you call that a rivalry rivalry's got to have wins on both sides so um and and it's got to have some stakes to it too you know it's got to. you can't just be you know you play them in week 2 and it doesn't actually matter or anything so i think that you know, before that, to me, Wagner was a huge rival. They won't play us anymore. I may as well just come out and say it. They won't play us any longer. Uh, and, and uh, yeah, they, they will. And, um.
1: Well, we got enough people on their staff there. Yeah. Hey, we, we, talk,
0: yeah, we got like three guys on their staff now. Cripe. They should play us. Um, and, but, and then we have Kennesaw. So I'm excited to see over the next years what happens, you know. The UNH game was a really fun game that was like kind of a tale of two halves. They come back to us here in uh, late November. It'd be nice to hand them a loss there. Maybe that's the start of a cool little rivalry. That's a team yeah. that I think will play a lot.
2: And that's the thing, too. Like, just being in the CAA with their the geographical location, like, you have the ability to, you know, have these these cool rivalries and, and at least to create one, especially with your fans being able to travel now. Like, right. you know, that crazy. Better atmosphere. I mean, then we still had good fans even in the Big South. They travel pretty well, but you know, obviously, it's much more accessible when we're playing in PA or New Hampshire um, or you Albany something like that. Like that environment is just—it's such a—it's a, a crazier environment, and you just have so much more energy. I feel like.
0: Yeah, there were some really cool. I mean, uh when we played at Villanova this year, it was their family day, and they—they claim they have twelve thousand people there. It was packed. There were a lot of people there. Um, that was a cool atmosphere, fun game, obviously more fun because we, we came out on top, but, mm-hmm. uh, and they were number nine in the country. Uh, well, but, both, both those
2: games ranked. Yeah. Like the, well, I think the first game they were ranked as well when you beat them, right?
0: Yeah. Well, they were com- they were two years off of a national championship appearance. So yeah. I think, uh, that was 11. I think in 09, they went to the national championship and then we played them in 11 and beat them. And that was another good game. Uh, I think they might've been ranked. I can't remember. They might've been like in the teens, uh, but yeah, now it's like, I, I, for me, like, and I, I talked with coach Cal and I kind of, you know, every once in a while reminisce about this, but I've only been around the program for 17 of the 31 years. Uh, and there was a time, like my first couple of years, it was like, we beat Colgate and it was like a huge thing for an NEC school to beat a, a, a pro storied program like Colgate. And now to be honest with you, when we play played a Patriot league school and let's, you know, take take Holy Cross right now out of it. Like, I, we better win those games. You know, Fordham, they had an awesome quarterback last year. That was another shootout we ended up on the bad end of. Um, but, like, now, and the CAA was like that. I remember playing Delaware the year they went to the national championship with Joe Flacco, and I was like, man, we're at Delaware. There's 21,000 people here. Like this is amazing. And now they're in our conference. Like that it's just it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing. I don't think I don't think a casual fan or somebody from outside the program really understands like where this place where this where this started to where it is now. And that's why it's fun to talk to not only guys like you, but talk to the guys who played on the ninety-six team. And it was like, Villanova, we would never play Villanova in ninety-six. You know, we we get killed by eighty, and now it's like not only did we play Villanova, but we've beaten them twice, and we've beaten them at their place twice. So,
2: Which, um, sweeter. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, much sweeter.
0: yeah, it's just it's it's just an awesome experience. So, let, let's kind of change gears here and and get into uh, what you're doing currently, because I have a lot of questions about
1: a lot of questions rugby.
0: So you. Leave Monmouth and and take us kind of through your journey to try to make you know professional football work.
2: Yeah, so um, obviously we you know we left, graduated uh, in that fall, going into the twenty twenty NFL draft. Um, had to had the few months of training, and and honestly, I never, I don't know if I ever felt better about like a moment going into that that pro day. Um, and I thought I had such a, a, such a strong day and I felt really good. And, you know, also my trainer as well. And my agent was happy about it. Um, but as the weeks went on and drafts started getting closer, I wasn't necessarily hearing from all the teams I you know, I heard from Indianapolis, I heard from Buffalo, I heard from Arizona, but nothing, nothing set in stone. So it was like, wow, like this is, this is kind of a humbling, humbling moment right now. Like yeah, I think I thought I was going to have a lot more traction, especially just being my size and, and also having the uh, good pro day and showing that I could run um, and then I think it was about a week before the draft uh coach Cliff Kingsbury had called with the Cardinals and uh also their tight ends coach, and we were talking basically just asking you know how i would, I would feel about coming to Arizona um, if I was a late round selection or a um, free agent pickup after the uh, the draft ended and <sighs> You know, I, the two days I got back-to-back calls asking, you know, how I'd fit in the offense, and then draft day comes. I'm excited. So my whole family comes down to Jersey, and for two days didn't hear – or three days didn't hear anything. The phone was silent. So that was uh, – I think that was the hardest part of, of the whole journey, um, just the, the beginning part. Um, but then, you know, it was my, my life has always been about just continuing my opportunities and just trying to make the most of everything. So I kept training, and I was like, you know, then COVID hit, right, so the season's already kind of looking grim. We don't know what's going to happen. So there was at least a little light at the end of the tunnel there. So I kept training through that summer. Um, I was working uh, with a moving company, and actually Hardu, believe it or not, was, was training me that whole summer of 2020. He's out by um, you now. Isn't he in Colorado now? Yeah, so he came to Colorado and for a year, and then they moved out, and now he's a, he's a civilian and the training military soldiers out in washington gotcha actually gotcha, gotcha. so yeah so he was training that whole summer and uh um, but i then got the call to go to the spring league which is now the USFL. so that was like another great breakthrough opportunity and i was so excited about that um also obviously the, the indianapolis colts to try out getting that call was was kind of out of the blue. That was actually right before the USFL, and I, I was still training. I was actually at home, and at this point it had been, like, I think four or five months since the, four months since the draft. Um, so that call was out of the blue. Um, and when we went out there, and again, it was like a week straight. It was during COVID. Had to do sit in the hotel for a week and do all the, you know, COVID uh, testing things and, and then go all through the, the testing and into conversations with the staff, personnel, and work out. And that was honestly like, I was so excited after that workout and I called Gallo and I was like, I think I just had, you know, one of the best workouts ever. Like I, I felt great. I didn't drop a ball, Uh, you know, all blocking technique was good. The coaches were talking to me and then, you know, I just didn't, didn't get signed. Like it just didn't get, it just didn't work. And for whatever reason. So, um,
0: I think people don't understand like the roller coaster of emotion that these, these guys go through, you know, like, you know, it, it, it like, you can't get too high, you can't get too low, but how could you not get too high? Like, how could you not? Like, you yeah, on your whole life, right?
2: For that moment, for literally for that moment. It's like, it was almost like a movie, man. Like, you couldn't, I couldn't even really grasp the moment of me being in the facility on the actual workout day. And, like, it just kind of seemed so surreal. And then you know you're so happy, and then you're right again. Like I'm so confident about the workout and excited, and then, then right, you just you don't get the call. They're like you just get sent home. There's there's no words. It's just like, what did I do? Like where did that where did that from? Just a cold, you know? just a cold business. It's you know, and, business. And, and, and that's professional sports, and and I get it. In the NFL, it's a multi-billion-dollar you know industry. It's a company. It's you know, it's so much more than just the players, and, and that's the, the cold, hard fact of it, like the truth of it. You know, we have alumni that could very easily be playing on Sundays right now, uh, not including myself, you know, other other guys, you know, Reggie White, Kenji, Peter. Like, there's so many guys that all have to go through this. It's not right just that I had to experience, you know. So that's one of those things, those moments where, you know, you might feel sorry for yourself, but, hey, you got to pick yourself up and just keep working, like. Your, your your opportunities aren't done. You're still young. You're still in great shape. Like I, I felt mentally, I, I was a little beat up, but I was like, you know, I'm I'm nowhere near ready to quit sport. I love this, you know.
0: So so how do you, so how do you get? How, how does rugby come crawling? I mean, I I have to admit, imagine you never played rugby before. Uh, I don't no. think anybody in high school around anywhere in the United States plays rugby. I think they take other sport athletes and make them rugby players in the U S right.
2: Yeah. Which is, that's like the, the new thing now is is trying to get crossover athletes, right? Like, um, so high school rugby, I mean, they do have rugby programs throughout the U S but it's not, it's not like a mainstream sport, So You don't hear about this. Like you have to go and find your own little club in a town or something like that. It's not, it's not as mainstream. So what happened was, is no, I had never heard of rugby ever. I went down in August to the Spring League and this the American Raptors, the team where I'm signed out right now, were actually recruiting players to start a crossover rugby team to bring pure, like purely just crossover athletes into this game, basically to make the USA competitive on an international stage in the game because it's the third biggest sport in the world. So after I completed that and I hadn't got any calls from any teams, um, they had messaged me. And we're like, hey, we're at, you know, we're in San Antonio watching you play. Um, Just kind of told us about the whole, me about the whole rugby thing. And like, you know, we'd, we'd love to just have a conversation with you about what's going on. And I blew that off, honestly, for like, I don't even know, probably two months. So just before Thanksgiving, I think, is when I decided to answer them. And before I did it, I had to go to my voice of reason. So I called Coach Gallo and was telling him about the opportunity. I'm like, man, like, it's not football. I don't know if this is something i'm going to love but like i just i i feel like i need to do something like i'm, I'm an athlete i didn't want to like categorize myself as necessarily just a football player I've, you know we played so many sports growing up i don't want to just basically close doors that you know could be something awesome so I was like, you know what like if this is something if you feel that way then why why would, why are you question yourself um kind of thing and i was like you know what you're right and I, I took the opportunity went out there and i was like this is like nothing i've ever done before uh, first of all the conditioning like you're you're running nonstop. it's like you're basically a cross-country athlete while wrestling while also playing soccer and football like <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> it's crazy
2: you right. know what I, like it's so much going on and you're just like holy what, what is this man but it, it turned out to be so much fun like I found myself having fun again like instead of being so just in my own head about how hard do I have to train today like how many you know where, where am I going to, how many meals do I need to get in today? Um, you know, do I need to reach out to more teams? Do I need to call my agent today? Like stressing about the football related, uh, you know, side of my life. Like it allowed me to just relax and like kind of just refocus and reset. And that's what I was using this as an, another opportunity to just reset myself, get into great shape. I had no idea any other opportunities were going to come out of this. my whole plan this entire time has been to go back to football. I never, I never thought I'd, you know, still be playing two years later. Um. so I, as I how hard was it to, I, for you to?
0: Sorry, how hard was it for you to like learn the rules? Because I I've watched it. I don't. I can follow it a little bit, but like, did it take you a while to learn all the intricacies and and the rules of the game?
2: I on I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't even know if I still know all the rules. Like, <laughs> just, just, I, I don't. I there's so many little little like minor rules that can happen in fractions like. But the game itself is more called like a soccer game. You know, if there's a penalty, you can play advantage. Mm -hmm. uh, That. So in terms of like the style of play, I'd say the rules are more more like soccer um, with penalties and and whatnot. And obviously the length of the game. But no, man, like I don't, I couldn't tell you every rule of the game if I'm being fair.
0: If you get a penalty, they take somebody off. Is there anything like roughing? People look like they get their face kicked in.
2: Yeah, yeah, no. You can get carded. you can get a yellow card or a red card. Like you can get penalties basically if you're if you target like hit somebody without rapping, If you were to like basically missile yourself like a football player, okay, you're probably, probably getting kicked out of the game. Your team's down a man for the rest of the game.
1: Wow, okay, uh, so that's like soccer.
2: Yeah. yeah, no, like no, no contact to the head. Um, you know, really, really things that you would, I guess, think of rules wise if you didn't have pads on like you have to protect your players uh, i'm pretty
0: sure on on instagram i saw some crazy video of you like wwf like slamming somebody on the ground i watched it about eight thousand times yeah (laughs) i mean people have to be going nuts when that happens right like that's like
2: that's that is like the fight of hockey in a hockey game like (laughs) that's what but that's the similarity i'd say to rugby like in terms of the crowd getting into it like you're able to compete over the ball at any time. So when, the, when someone gets tackled and, right, your, your offensive players will come over and try and support you once you get tackled and not let the other team get the ball when you're on the ground, but you can actually run through the offensive players and literally, like, tackle them as long as you're <laughs> over, the, over the ball around the rock, it's called.
0: Do you have to have the ball to get tackled or can you just tackle anybody who's around the
2: ball? Anyone who's around the ball, as long as it's on the ground, so it's like you have to come in. It's called through the gate, um, which is basically a, a window the length of the body, how of uh, the guy on the ground. So okay. if he's length up and down, you only have the width of his, you know, his feet and legs or his hips or whatever. <laughs> gotcha. So if he's sideways, if he's sideways, you have to head to his toes, which is you know could be six feet. Sure. So anyone in that window that's over the ball, you can just run through a blast. <laughs> that's it's wild. It is wild. It's like modern day barbarians, man.
1: So you you come from 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 mom and you play football. We just went through the whole thing, um, and now you're you're experiencing rugby. When you walked out onto the rugby, I guess it's the pitch. Um yeah. Your first practice, your first dealings with any kind of rugby. Um, were you like, oh my goodness, what is happening? Like, well, what was? Yeah. What where was are my shoulder like? pads? Yeah, <laughs> like, were you like shell shocked by like the first well, day,
2: or how did that first? Well, I don't have
1: any pads. On. Go. My you homeland? know,
2: I, that's exactly what I was saying. I felt so bare. I felt bare. I was like, "Is this summer summer workouts? Like, am I at mama for <laughs> summer workouts?" Or, or, and next thing you know, we're smacking each other without pads on and, and full on tackling each other. Um, no, I was definitely like, I was kind of shell shocked at first. I was just like, "What?" <laughs> Once I actually sat here and like realized what I'm doing, I'm like, "What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> this is a crazy ass sport you're doing." Like but I guess like my whole life adventure, like my whole philosophy on life is just to never limit myself. You know, I always put the hashtag limitless and all my stuff. Like I've kind of tried to live my life, not holding myself back into any opportunities. Like there's so many times I feel like we're athletes, you know, we're, we're done playing a certain sport and, you know, maybe you, you have the regrets like, Oh, I still want to play. Well, like, I don't want to ever get done playing sport and be like, man, I have so much more in me. Like, I wish I would have kept going. Like, I, 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 don't know if I could live with myself by if I didn't give everything I have now. Sure. So I'm just kind of using this now as like, this is a new opportunity. It's a new opportunity to find yourself, explore, literally explore the world, get to travel all over the world, play for my country one day, um, maybe in a world cup in the near future. Mm-hmm. Like those are all things that are so, so amazing. And I, I, I wouldn't have had the opportunity in football and like, Maybe it was a blessing in disguise. As much as I love the game and like, I miss it every day. I think about it, and it brings me down rabbit holes thinking about it sometimes. But, um, I, you know, I really do feel like it could have been a this could be a, a big blessing in disguise for me. Like, I just needed a, a new route, like to to reset myself, to find myself, like to really see what I'm made of. Like, who am I? Sure. Yeah. You know? What well, um,
0: you, you talked about internationally, and I know you had tried after you were doing some U.S. training and stuff. Where are some of the places you've been? Like this game has taken you.
2: Oh man! I mean, first of all, all over the United States, which is really cool. I've been to almost every state now. Um, We've also we just came back from Medellin, Colombia. We played the Colombian national team this past fall. Um, We went down to Uruguay uh, the year before that, Montevideo, and now we're this league we're playing in, which our games start here in a month. We'll be going to Argentina, Uruguay, Chile. Uh, Brazil, Canada. So it's like, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it's really all
0: when you go down there, do you get some time to like take in culture and walk around or is it just straight work?
2: No, that's actually a good question. So rugby, like a huge thing about rugby culture is experiencing the culture of wherever you are. So you always take a day basically to have like a tourist day to like engulf yourself in, in wherever you are. And like, Meet people, try the food. Obviously, like just to, just explore, man. Cool. So, yeah, no, that's actually huge. Huge emphasis in the in the rugby community is like respecting where you play. I guess
0: that's awesome. That's pretty cool. So, uh, how did it go with the national team? And like, how do you? I I obviously know that you had tried out. I, I followed you along on on your uh, social handles. Plug your social handles for us, real fast. What well, give me your IG. What's that? What's your I'm IG? Sorry. Yeah, what's your IG handle?
2: My. Uh, C-L-8-A-R-6-K.
0: Gotcha. Yes, sir. G- Give him a follow because you're going to enjoy the content on there. But, um, so you go ahead and, and try out for the national team. Um, ha- how does that process work? Because I thought that was pretty cool. You're in Colorado, I thought, right, training?
2: Yeah, so I, I, so how it started was basically we came here and was my first year here where I was playing 15, so there's 15-on-15 15 15 and 7-on-7. Seven seven. There's two different types of, of rugby. 15-on-15
0: 15 15 uh, is crazy. It's got to look yeah, bit of brave on, heart.
2: Yeah, that's, that's what we're looking at, you know? <laughs> that's, what I, that's what I'm doing here right now, and 15-on-15 15 15 is, like, it's technically called the world game, okay? Which is, like, the equivalent to playing football, obviously. And 7-on-7 seven seven is a more fast-paced. That's the Olympic game. That's the game that's played in the Olympics. Mm. Um... So anyway, uh, we're out here doing 15-on-15 training that first year out here in 2021, that January, and USA Rugby came in um, like all their their head guys and just wanted to test us because all of us, this whole team is crossover athletes, right? We're football players. We're technically freaks to them because none of their rugby guys test anywhere near close to us in, in those kind of categories, you know, like our 40s, our verticals, all that stuff. Right. They're just so enamored and I get up and I'm I'm six nine and two hundred and forty pounds at the time and I I ran like a, a four six eight on their on their forty for them. and the coach is like, I don't know if I've ever seen that in rugby. Um so immediately they called the USA national team sevens coach, that's Mike Friday, and he's like, Wow, like, you know, I wanna see this guy so I end up getting a chance to play with the USA U twenty threes, which is basically the academy side for the USA sevens. Mm-hmm. Team on the national side so you go there i play in like this tournament and then you get selected hope if you do well to go out to Chula vista california to the olympic training center and actually train and play with the uh the olympic seven Team. so that's how that came about that was my first like experience i basically crushed the testing and then played well in the tournament and got the, the chance to go out there and since 2021 20, i've been back now three times um but the first year I had dislocated my shoulder, I think nine times, so every time I went out there, like I didn't even end up going to travel for any of the games or the tournaments because my shoulder was popping out, so I had to get surgery, kind of derailed that whole thing for the last year, but we're kind of back on track now,
0: nice so you so you'll get another opportunity to go out there and show
2: them what you have absolutely and I so seven on seven, and then you know really my my big goal now is is going to be making the 15s team, the USA 15s. That's a World Cup team. And uh, to be able to play in the World Cup here in the U.S., they're going to be hosting it out here. So, like, I think that's another six years from now. So, long long road ahead of me, but that is the goal, is to be able to play for my country. Whether it is playing sevens and I I get to make an Olympic game or, you know, I'm playing in the World Cup for the 15s team, like, I, I really just want to play for my country. That's kind of the reason now for playing rugby.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, I gotta ask you about when you're on. They do the throw. I guess it's a throw-in. There's got to be nobody else who's six eight, six nine, right? Like
2: playing. No, rugby. I mean very few. We have a couple guys that are six seven. Another guy. Actually, no, we do have one guy actually taller than me, six ten. He, uh, Lucas Gramlick, is his name, wow. and he played left tackle at UCLA. He's like six ten, three hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> Just a man. Yeah, so that's what that's what he's doing now. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think they like I mean, you really
0: throw you up in the air,
2: throw, to, full to, on throw. Yeah, two to guys, get the ball. you know, call the spot, and then yeah, two guys just literally throw you up in there.
0: Is your win percentage in that like ridiculous? Because no, they must look over and be like, "How the heck am I going to out jump this dude?"
2: It's funny because that's exactly what happens. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, I, I would say. I mean, I gotta have at least a ninety percent retention rate on those. And but defensively, that's the uh, that's like the fun part, like going and stealing the other ball, right? Uh, getting the ball back, to the team. So honestly, I enjoy being on the defensive side of the line out even more because guys are like, "Oh, we can get a quick ball here off this line out and you know set up our attack." But it's like, no, that's my ball.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, what? How long is? Do you know how long your wingspan is?
2: Yeah, almost seven foot six eleven. Six eleven wingspan. It's ridiculous.
1: What, uh, I'm curious about this. You, obviously, you just talked about a guy from UCLA who played football. You played football. What other sports do they draw some crossovers from in, in rugby? Is there, is it wrestling? Is it hockey? Is it, you know, where, where else are they drawing from?
2: Yeah, uh, most of it is football. Um, but then we have our, a majority, a, a good group of wrestlers as well, um, which those guys really translate because they know how to use their body, and that's literally rugby. Um, with you know, being able to use your body without pads. So those guys are awesome. And then we've had a few track guys, like track and field athletes, trying to come through. Um, but they really the the track guys kind of tend to fall more towards sevens players because the the faster game, you're running a lot more. Same like size. spread field. out,
0: spread out field.
2: Yeah. So, um, I would say our footballs and our wrestling guys are like the the hot spot for this. They, I mean, football is really the main the main target.
0: That's awesome. So. Before we get into kind of the breakdown, where we kind of ask you some fun stuff that's not really normal questions, uh, <laughs> where are you at now? You're, you're in Colorado. You're in Denver, right? Yeah, right in, right in Denver. Yep. And you're which which team are you part of?
2: With the American Raptors, American so it's the original I signed with. Yeah,
0: and that's that's a like you said full fifteen on fifteen. Um, full 15 on- and when do you guys do you guys start up? You're obviously training, practicing now because it's your day off. But um, then when you have, you're gonna start games in about a month.
2: Yeah, February 18th I think is our first game in Argentina. So I think we're on a we're on like a six week uh, tour down there where we play four games, four or five games, and then we come home. And then we we have six straight home games here before we have to go back to South America again.
0: And the home games here will be against South American teams.
2: Yep, the same the same team so they we have to play basically home and away just gotcha. like you know any. so which is really cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Have you played any of these teams before? Like do teams have yep. personalities? Like the, the- these guys are really physical, these guys have more speed.
2: Oh yeah. So I would say the one thing especially about uh, the South American players and teams is like they're just hard dudes like their, their mentality is, you're not gonna, you're never going to break me kind of thing, yeah. which is, is really unique. Like, in, in the United States, I feel like, especially in North America, we have just such good athletes. It's like our confidence is more about our athletic abilities, and, like, we kind of put ourselves on a pedestal, right? Like, just because we, we feel that we're one of the best, like, athletic countries in, in the world. Um, and you go down to, like, South America, more of like a – or even Central America, those third-world countries, like, not as much – uh money and stuff and it's like their whole mindset even as athletes they're like no like screw you like i you're gonna have to take everything from me you're gonna have to work for this it's it's a completely different completely different type of play and like just personality and character from those kind of guys
0: that's cool that's really cool all right well listen it's been about 40 minutes so i don't want to take up too much more time but we never like to let anybody off the hook without having some fun some fun um questions with them. So I'm going to lead off here. We, we just finished up with Christmas, but I always like to keep it kind of on theme, uh, coming up on Valentine's day. Are you a mm-hmm. big Valentine's day guy? And what is the best help, help the guys and, and the girls out there? What, what is the best Valentine's day you ever set up for uh, a significant other?
2: Ooh, well, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, one to answer the first part, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a huge Valentine's Day guy. I feel like if you love, if you're with someone, you love someone, right? It's supposed to be, not every day is Valentine's Day, right? Like sure. It's supposed to be, right. Every day's Day. So, is Val- I
0: love that. Every day is Valentine's Day.
2: You know, so that's that's kind of how I think about it. But then obviously you have to respect your partner's feelings. And the my girlfriend, I've been with her for four years now. Awesome girl, Gianna. Um, she happens to love Valentine's Day.
0: Mm. So huh. then you love Valentine's
2: Day. Pressure's on. I have to love Valentine's Day for her. So I don't want you to spoil
0: what your plan is for this, but what's what what's your best thing that you've done that you've really been like, man? I I outdid myself.
2: Oh, I would have to say um, a full day of just activities. I think this is when I was still at Mammoth, actually. Maybe it was about two years ago, and I just planned full day activities. You know, gave her the she came woke up in the morning to the flowers and the card and the candies. And then uh, went down and, and went and had like a little little spa day. And then after that, I surprised there was a little dinner down in Belmar. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. restaurant. It was a little Italian spot right on the boardwalk. Not the boathouse. Um, Not the boathouse.
0: No. <laughs> was it the boathouse
2: bar, and girl? I, I love the boathouse. Everybody loves the boathouse. There's
0: right, your um, free plug, Harmon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then after we had dinner, dude, dude, I listen, we're not, this is a PG program, but I'm saying, what, did we, did we have some dessert or did we just kind of wrap it up and call it a night?
2: No, we always have to have some dessert. I'm a big cheesecake guy. Okay. So. And any, uh, any of that special dinners, we both got cheesecakes, some glass of wine, and then really after that was just movie night. So like just a full day of activities. And I think that's the biggest advice. Like it's Valentine's Day. If your if you're significant other enjoys that day then just make it special for him. Like it doesn't really take that much energy, you know? Uh, that, yeah. And, and do give, give your of.
0: time. It seems like that was your, you gave time. Yeah. Like all that other stuff costs money, the spa and the, and the dinners and everything. But like, really you spend time together.
2: And that's what it's all. That's literally what they're looking for. Yeah. Females are very complicated. We all know that, but <laughs> it's not complicated. They just she enjoy. Listen time to myself. this, you know. You know yeah. Listen you, to this.
1: yeah. Complicated, but lovely. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I I love it. Go ahead, Gary. I'll I'll take mine in a in a different direction than Greg's. Um, if you could take one guy, if you could pick one guy out from your, I guess your five years at Monmouth, um, that you think could could make it playing rugby. Oh, this is a good one. Who would you Who would you have to choose? Now you've been through a couple of years of rugby training, and there's a lot that goes into it physically, mentally, all that. Uh, if you could pick one of your teammates and and shout them out, um. Who do you think could make it? And maybe tell me who you think couldn't make it. Now we don't have to go there. (laughs) (laughs) Probably a lot of people couldn't.
2: I think of like you know what? I'm I'm gonna have to be honest with you. And this is this might surprise you guys or shock you guys, but we have a lot of big guys in our front row. A lot of powerful guys like just freaks, right? And this I'm sorry, this is gonna surprise you guys, but I would have to say Greg Anderson. Okay, I'm not that shocked by that. You know, he's he's big, but he's also, he's athletic. He's, yeah. And he likes, to, he's a worker. Like, I've always respected Greg when he was younger and, and growing up, but him or Alex Thompson, probably, would probably would probably be my two, like, those are guys that could do it.
1: Alex Thompson now looks like he could definitely play rugby.
2: Oh, man, he's a six-pack, maybe an eight-pack now. I
1: don't even yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: my absolute favorite part, I can't even believe we're talking about Alex Thompson on this podcast, but My favorite part about Alex Thompson is I saw him in in a picture skiing with a Donovan McNabb jersey on. With me? With Gary, (laughs) just happened to see each other on a mountain, and he's wearing a McNabb jersey. And I'm like, look at this dude! You know, was was in the NFL, and now he's skiing. He's got a six pack. He's a great alum. Comes back to a ton of games. Love him. One of those mm-hmm. dudes, just just part of a great run of Monmouth players. So, and, and I love that you hit on a current player, Greg Anderson, who's you know an all conference uh, offensive lineman, and it's going to be an anchor to that team next year.
2: A hundred percent.
1: That's too good. That's that's good too answer. great answers. I didn't so know which way you were going to go. You could go lineman, I, or you could have gone speed. Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: I, you know and I, but I think the the thing with the skill guys is. Sometimes they're, they're a little soft. You know, they, they like to be the flauncy kind of, you know, guys, but it's not the necessarily hardest workers. I, no. I,
0: I love that you got, listen, you're you're a tight end, but you got to be like an online mentality. You got to be 100%. in line. You got to block. You got to be able to crack down on a big old D end.
2: Well, if, if that's the gala mentality. Like, if you ever play for that guy, I feel like that's how you look at life once you leave him home
0: well, there it is changing lives, Jeff Gallo. Well, listen, Sean Clark, man, I appreciate it. It's your day off. You didn't have to do this. I wish you best of luck. I You got to follow him and follow along on uh, on social because I, I get all of my rugby, just about all my rugby news from him um, and, <laughs> and just the, the jumping over people, body slamming people. It's a lot of fun. And I just, I wish you all the, the best luck and success and stay healthy and I you know I'm gonna have to text you on February 15th and find out how this year's Valentine's Day went heartthrob
2: I don't know if I can do myself on that
0: I'm sure you will you, you got it listen you've got a whole month literally just about a month to figure it out
2: we'll see we'll see what we can do out here in the Rocky Mountains something a little special <laughs>
0: Everybody, uh, Sean Clark, current American rugby player, former Hawk, uh, all-around great dude. I really, we really appreciate you have, taking the time and, and coming on, man. And uh, Gary and I will be back uh, to kind of wrap up some fun topics and talk about the CAA uh, schedule after this.
2: Awesome, thank you guys so much. I appreciate your guys' support, man. I mean, you know, over the, even since I've been gone, um, I feel like Mammoth is you guys have always been good with your lums and keeping up, but you know, I think it just means a lot to me that you guys still reach out and you're checking in and you know, I just appreciate it. And thank you guys very much.
0: Nope. No problem, man. Thank you. And uh, good luck.
2: All right. right, Talk to you guys soon.
0: I'll tell you what makes no sense being cold. It's cold out there. If you're trying to, Get the most out of your heating and service heating and cooling (laughs) unit. What you need to call is Edison HVAC. Edison Heating and Cooling provides full HVAC services to businesses and residents in Central Jersey. Visit EdisonHVAC.com to schedule your repair or installation today. And forget about just repair and installation; just get it serviced so it works well. I got a huge natural gas bill this morning, and I think it's because I need to get my. uh, my unit serviced. It's I can't I, either that or people have just been jacking heat when I'm not out when I'm not home. Um Sean Clark. Awesome interview.
1: He was great. He's the best.
0: Yeah, it was a great and we didn't even get into the Montana game. He had a huge game at Montana. Got two touch touchdowns. Yep. I think he had two touchdowns. Uh, or he might have had one down to like the one yard line yes, and then he, he got, got a he touchdown. Got short on one. Yeah. Replay robbed him. But um great dude. The clips on his social media are crazy,
1: crazy. I watch them. I don't remember. He's got some kind of eight six in the middle. I don't remember. Yeah, oh. it's great.
0: It's it, you'll just search for it. You'll find it. I can't. S underscore eight. Uh, who knows? <laughs> He's using the eight as a as a. It's, it's a.
1: It's a. Uh, it's funny, right? You talk about alums that are that are professional athletes, and you think about. Like Miles Austin, and you think about uh, you know Brad Brock and guys and Christian Rampone, people that have had so much success here. But but Sean is is doing it in rugby. Um, we have Pat Gray who's on the, the pit crew in, in NASCAR, and like these guys are finding ways to keep themselves involved in sports and athletics and and using their bodies and not doing it in their natural sport, which I think is really, really really cool. Um, Sean Clark is made for rugby and just just mauling people and. Being huge, uh, I think he's, he's perfect for the for the sport of rugby. Yeah. As little as I know about it.
0: He is, and he's tough. And he's always been tough when he was here. And like he said, he's not afraid to hit people. So really appreciate Sean jumping on. Uh, athletes come back to, to campus next week, so we'll probably take a break from having alums on and try to focus as we kick here into the, into the second half of the winter. Um, and then obviously we're going to get rolling in the spring because – our spring sports start in February. It's crazy. Ridiculous. A Couple things I want to touch on uh when we get our couple of minutes here. Uh did you watch any of the college football championship games?
1: Uh I did. I did. They
0: were uh, both blowouts.
1: They were both blowouts. I wish uh you know, I wish the FCS wouldn't wasn't playing during the the NFL. But Yeah, I'm I hear a lot you. of
0: people complaining about that, and I understand it. I mean, it the NFL's totally.
1: king, right? You can't you can't beat the
0: NFL. Yeah, but here's the other thing. The game was on ABC, and that's a a, a, a massive win. Oh, I know. It's it's awesome.
1: And it also probably was scheduled potentially before the NFL expanded to, to an extra week.
0: Probably. Somebody asked me that question. I, I think they announced it in like July though. But yeah. it's on ABC. The problem is that they wrote they they rate the contract to be on ABC. And when you're on one of those major networks, you're at their Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, they should have played twelve o'clock on Saturday or Friday night, but totally. ABC probably didn't want to give up that time for whatever. So, right. it is a battle to go up against the NFL. It's it's not. It's,
1: it's just it takes away from. You know, we're here to promote FCS football. We love FCS football. There's some great football play at the FCS mm-hmm. level, and you would love to see that get its its full spotlight. Um, and I'm sure it did really well. I watched some of the some of the game, but uh, but the NFL, as we know, is. Um, is king, and then I watched the the Monday night game. I had it on the entire time. I had all sixty minutes on, but I didn't. I can't say I was locked in in the second half of of, uh, of Georgia TCU. It was uh, yeah, it was it was a
0: beating. Uh, the thing I don't like about that is people are now like, oh, that's why we shouldn't never expand the playoffs. Well, just because one team has a dominant we've seen, year, we've
1: seen this before too. I mean, we've seen Alabama beat up on Notre Dame. And we've seen teams get blown out in in playoff situations. It's just what it is
0: absolutely uh in the fcs one our friend lewis walker was now at north dakota state i was really kind of pulling for him you know i don't want north dakota state to win more championships um but they I, as somebody who loves to run the ball and watch run the ball the way they run the ball is like a thing of it's like i don't know it's like pure beauty Th-
1: those those two teams are just <laughs> so good. so talented so good so fun to watch. And that's the, the highest level of FCS football. And and truthfully, that's that's the level we're, we're working to get to and CAA teams are working to get to. But, sure. But if you're an FCS football fan and if you're a, a player or coach at this level, that's what you want your championship game to be, the two best teams.
0: No, um, one team was just better than the other. One team was just team. better
1: than the other. Um, But but two really, really good football teams. North Dakota State will be back. You know, they, they sure. just reload. Sure. Sure. Um, but but South Dakota State is, is super impressive. Um, so, yeah, I, I watched a little bit of that game. Um, good football, high level of FCS football, and uh, hoping that uh, one day in the next couple of years here we'll be making our way to Frisco.
0: Yeah, I just think we got a good shot to get back to the playoffs next year, and um, that kind of leads me into my next point, the CAA schedule was released. Uh, you know, I can't, I, we're not going to be able to get into everything, but, I, you know, the, the initial comments are people are bummed out that we're not playing Villanova and Delaware, and and I, we agree with you, right, okay? The The administration at Monmouth would like to play Villanova and Delaware. Uh, it's just not the way it's going to happen right now. You know, there's 15 teams. It's a huge league. The CAA, who does an excellent job at just about everything they do, and, I, and I'm not just saying that because we're new and, in the league people know that I'm pretty honest, maybe to a fault sometimes, but it, it it's a hard job to try to make first of all, you're not going to make everybody happy, you know, it's just not going to happen. And so they were charged with trying to keep some travel costs down. And for the most part, they kind of did that uh, and, and preserve some rivalries. And we don't have really rivalries, which we kind of talked about. Uh, we got to build them. And I think we will totally, but, um, So that's what they started with control costs and, and set up some and and preserve rivalry. So, uh, nevertheless, the schedule's fun. It's a fun schedule.
1: It's a, it's a fun schedule for, I mean, I look at it in two ways, right? I look at the competition level that we're playing, which Mm -hmm. is high. Um, and I look at the, the, the student experience and the ability to play at some cool places while also mixing in some games that you, you should be competitive or win. Um, you know, playing at FAU is going to be really cool. Another yep. another check mark for an FBS game. Um, we haven't played, uh, we did not play an FBS game, um, so it's it's cool to get back to that. FAU should be a good atmosphere. New head coach. Um, the thing about the CAA with with the amount of teams and the structure that you talked about is we're kind of used to and it. Happened a little bit in the Big South. You play two or three games and then you get into Big South play, and there's like almost like a like a line in the sand, like, okay, now we're transitioning into Big South play. This year we played week one at New Hampshire, next year week two at Towson. Like, yeah. there is no barometer. You're going to play an FBS game, you're going to turn around and a week later you're going to play a league game.
0: And I got news for you. If you look, like, I got the, <clears throat> the composite schedule in front of me. Like, that's just the way, when you have 15 teams, that's the way it has to happen. And they do, I will say this, they do an awesome job of allowing you to schedule your non-conference games wherever you can fit them in. It's hard. You know, it's hard to get non-conference games in, in football. And you only have to get in the CAA, you only have to get three of them. But it's it, trust me, as someone who does the scheduling, it's hard. Uh, so you kind of plug in your, your, conference, your non-conference games and then they backfill. And, and, you know, Brian Gordon, who does it for the league, does a phenomenal job. He really does a good job. So, uh, yeah, we got F, at FAU and then go out back down to Towson. You know, we haven't been there in 20 years, 21 years. Uh, in fact, <laughs> the last time... Monmouth played at Towson, uh, was the year I graduated 2001.
1: Wow. Wow. I'll be at Towson on Saturday. So
0: yeah, so will I. Uh, I'm talking about football and then we're back home and welcome Campbell into, into the league. Uh, those games, they always have some guys on the, on their team where you're like, wow, I would love to have that kid. Uh, luckily, We have done a really good job against them. We're 3-0, so that'll be a fun game back here. Then we head over to Lafayette, kind of a regional. We're trying to keep some regional uh, rivalries. Go play Lafayette, and it'll be kind of a, um, you know, former Hawk assistant coach and friend of ours, TJ Demuzio, is the offense coordinator there. So we get to go over there and play him and come back and host Lehigh. That's always a fun regional game to have. Then – we have a nice buy, so you go five weeks and then you have a buy, which last year the buy was you know second to the last week, which is awful. And they apologized. The, the CAA apologized right off the bat. They were like, "Listen, we, this won't happen again." But it's going to happen to you guys this year. That was hard. Our guys were worn out physically, mentally, physically. You know, you forget about forget about the ten games in a row we played. They, the players and coaches had also been here since early, like August 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 3rd or whatever, second or third, they came on campus. So that's, you know, that's a month of pregame and then 10 straight weeks. So we got the bye right in the middle. That's good. Rest it up. Come back. Host Hampton on October 14th. Excuse me. Yes. Host Hampton, on October 14th. Then the next two games are are really, I'm going to call them fun. I mean, I don't know if coach Callahan would, would agree with me. But back-to-back games at Elon and William and Mary, two places we've never played, two supposedly gorgeous campuses, two r- pretty good academic schools. A lot of people call Monmouth, you know, like Elon, the Mammoth of the South. Very, you know, similar demographics, similar size, similar type of uh, academic, you know, uh, reputation or academic requirements to get in. Uh, they got a nice little setup down there. Excited to play down there, and then William and Mary, you know. That's just one of the best schools in the country, academically and on the field. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just lost their D.C., <clears throat> took the head coaching job in North Carolina a and But Mike London, who has coached everywhere and been successful everywhere, uh, you know he's going to reload. And then I was kind of reading some releases. I-, I think they got like 19 starters back, and they finished as a number eight team in the country. So that'll be an awesome opportunity for us to go down there and kind of show them what Monmouth football is all about. Come Back home, and uh, I really think, <coughs> excuse me, I really think these last three games are against what could end up being in quotes rivals for us. You know, you host Stony Brook again, that's a team we've played, I don't know, 12 times or so, used to be a former NEC team. Then you host New Hampshire for the first time ever, and that game kind of that game up there, you know, first time head coach and Rick Santos, you know, it was, it was a game of two halves. Like, we had the first half won, felt great about it. And then the I'll second, six minutes left. Yeah, and then and then it kind of got away from us. You know, they dr- had a couple long drives. You know, the block punt was a killer. I had a couple long drives, um, and then the pick six. You know, w- when we're just trying to make something happen. So, uh, so that'll be fun. And then and then we wrap up at, up at Albany, which is always a, a tough place to play. It's going to be November. We haven't played there in ye- Well, we played. I guess 2018, 17, 18, 17 was the last time we, 17. Was the last time we played up there. only played one game all year. was against us. Yeah, Old american only played against us. Uh, fantastic fireworks, I remember. And very good with the smoke, pregame smoke. Uh, that's
1: what I remember from that game. If I could make one change to the schedule, and this has nothing to do with you, uh, I would slot the Albany game to be like the, the Towson game. I would flip those two. Yeah. Get me up to Albany in e- like early September. Yeah. We stop at Saratoga. Oh, I didn't
0: even think that. I was thinking snow. Potential Warm weather,
1: snow. yeah, I mean, snow is. I'm good with snow. Yeah, but Mr. Snow. But I like the that area. That you know, we had a week two game or three up in Albany <laughs> one year, and it was uh, nice weather. It was, not, it was oh, nice. Oh yeah,
0: that was that year. That yeah. was seventeen.
1: Yeah, we had you know, stop in Saratoga. Play nice a night dinner. game.
0: I wonder if yeah. we'll play a night game. Up. Well, we won't play a night game out there this year.
1: I wouldn't think so. No, I would hope not, actually.
0: So, the good news is, is that you can get your season tickets now. We have not raised the price of season tickets. There was a lot of backlash about raising the price of parking for the third time in 30 years. The third time in 30
1: years. Pay the parking. Right. So, pay it ahead of time. Yeah. Save a couple bucks. Here's the other thing
0: if you know you're going to go, if it's 20 bucks to park on game day, by the way, I pay 45 to park at Eagles games. So, and I park a heck of a lot further away from the stadium than where you park here.
1: can't even pay to park at a Giant Stadium
0: anymore. Right. What a dump that place is. Wrong. 20, 20 bucks if you know you're going to go to more than 3 games. You can call and get a season ticket pass for 60 bucks. 50 bucks actually. 50, yep. We ro- we lowered it this year. 50 bucks, you get all, you know, parking season parking pass all 5 games, 10 bucks a game. Or if you want to roll the dice and pay 20 bucks and you roll the dice and pay 20 bucks. But your season tickets did not go up one penny. They're exact same price. Go to Momothhawks.com slash tickets 732-263-5735. You can call that number to get lock in those five games. See some fun, fun teams, some fun football. We got a lot of guys coming back on the defensive side. We've got some some new transfers mixing in there. We've got some young guys are gonna step in. The offense uh for the most part comes back intact. Uh new quarterback or maybe old quarterback. Enzo or Marquise McCrae. Be interesting to see how that pans out in the in the in the spring. Uh so get it while it's hot. Month university, football season tickets. Uh don't forget we're gonna be pushing some um Lacrosse season tickets, too, when we, you know, we just announced that schedule, I think, early last week. Uh, those tickets are on sale. They start at 40 bucks. Really, if you're a lacrosse fan, there's no reason to come. Coach Fisher, there's no reason not to come, excuse me. Coach Fisher has gotten a really good schedule. Uh, some, we're in the CAA now, one of the best teams in the in the, in the country, uh, one of the best leagues in the country. Uh, and we are going to compete, and the, the guys are fun to watch. Um Promo couple Monmouth basketball games? What do we got coming up,
1: Gary? Well, a couple road games. We're in the middle of a road stretch here. We're heading to Hofstra um, later on. Uh, go to go to Towson National TV game on Saturday, 3 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. Those guys do a, a, a great job. They do a um, nice job. So I'm excited for that. Um, a little preview. I've been talking with, with some of the people producing that game. Um, Going to work in some Martin Luther King stuff, some, some stuff from when he spoke at Monmouth. Oh, I think that's awesome. be pretty 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 cool for the uh, the Saturday game on CBS Sports, um, and then we return home to a uh, a team that currently is ranked 22nd in the country, College Charleston. Um, their only loss is to North Carolina, and that was a close game. They're 15 and one, um, so it should be some pretty good basketball coming into the Ocean First Bank Center. Um, third time we'll ever have a ranked opponent in that arena, so. Um, looking forward to that one. That should be a pretty cool atmosphere, pretty cool night. So grab your tickets for that, and then uh, and then we got Hampton that that Saturday. So
0: yeah, um, and um, you got to get out. I got to throw this out there. You got to come out and watch this women's basketball team play. One PM, absolutely. Towson yep. Community Day. They're three and one. I, they're just they're only losses to undefeated uh, UNC or excuse me North Carolina A and T. Uh, I watched the first half of that game before I had to leave last Friday. We were
1: right in it on the fourth quarter. We're,
0: well, we were up by nine at halftime, and just kind of, you know, things fell apart a little bit. But this team is is pumping, and they deserve your support. They really do. Get the tickets are cheap. Come out, have some fun. Shadow will be there. Everybody loves Shadow. Uh, and then head head to MonmouthHawks.com. You know, we got a full promotional schedule coming up. There's a lot of fun days coming up. I'm just kind of looking really quick. We're celebrating uh, national girls, and women's sports day. Uh, we got pride night coming up. We got coaches versus cancer play for K uh, black history night is coming up in, in February. Uh, we're celebrating a couple of really special teams. Um, there's going to be a lot more on all of these things uh, coming up soon uh, out there in the social media world and on our website. So that is the best way to follow along. Uh, Gary, great job as always. Um, me and you are gonna jump in a car in a little bit and head out to Hofstra to watch the Hawks and the Pride, not the Flying Dutchman. Great name. <laughs> it's a great name. I gotta figure out why they got rid of that. Um but that's it. Episode 40, wrapped in the books. We need you to like and subscribe and tell other people about it. Share it on your if you if you like me or Gary, share it on your on your social media. Even if you hate us.
1: Of the Monmouth Digital Network. Hawk Talk is available on all major podcast distribution sites, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, Pandora, and more. All rights reserved.
0: Hawk Talk is brought to you in part by the Mammoth Medical Center and RWJ Barnabas Health Facility and a recognized leader in patient safety and clinical quality. For more information about services close to you, visit rwjbh.org/slash
2: mammoth. Let's be healthy together.